This is Gilbert Andrew Garcia. Join me on my new radio show, A Tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer every Monday from 11 to 11.45 at 96.9 FM, 1360 AM, KWWJ. Or you can call in at 832-570-8075. Write me at a tip from Gilbert at gmail.com. See you then. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of A Tip from Gilbert here on 96.9 FM and Gospel 1360 AM. And I got to tell you, uh, these folks at KWWJ have just been wonderful. And I never really connected the dot. But KWWJ means keep walking with Jesus. So what a beautiful thing. So I'm going to keep walking with Jesus. I hope you do all day today. And stay dry, Houston. So call in, 832-570-8075. The success of this show, because it's your show, depends on calling in, telling us what you think. And you can write me at atipfromgilbert at gmail.com. So we have a guest today that we'll be talking to shortly, and I will tell you, I know her husband. He's a, his name is Eric Boutet. He's a wonderful entrepreneur, very successful businessman in Houston, and his wife, I was listening to the story of his wife, and it really moved me, and so I invited her to be on the show today, and I think when you hear her story, it'll move you, Houston, in a very beautiful, uplifting way. And then at the end, the song I chose for today's episode is a song from the play Rent, and it's called Seasons of Love, and you'll hear it at the end, and I will just tell you just a couple of lyrics. It has the refrain, 525,600 minutes. It kind of says that over, how do you measure, measure a year? And then they go into, in daylights, in sunsets, in midnights in cups of coffee, in inches, in miles, in laughter, in strife. And then it goes into how do you measure a year in the life? And that really has always touched me because the plays about during the um, sort of the 80s, AIDS, it was a new disease. People didn't understand it and how it afflicted so many people so rapidly. And that's really what it's about. And the most amazing story is the one who wrote the play uh, and all the lyrics and everything else, he passed right before the play opened of AIDS. So I think it's a very beautiful story because the very end, it always talks about, you know, how do you measure the life? You measure in love. So in a moment, I'm going to talk again about our guest because there's probably no greater love than the love that the Lord blesses you to be in a position to take care of family, family or friends. That's probably the highest calling that there possibly can be. And a lot of us heard my partner, Ruby Dang, a couple of weeks back where just in an instant, her life changed just like that. And the life of everyone who touches her, our firm, her children, their friends, because her husband had that terrible car accident. But the beautiful story is he's living with them. He's, he's coming back. 
And that's the miracle. And what really is amazing is the power of the human body, the human spirit, and really the amazing thing, which we call the human brain. The brain is so incredible. We don't even understand the brain. You know, we're going to space. We still haven't even conquered the oceans, the seas, the human brain, and all the things that makes the brain react. What, what makes it lose things, what makes it re- retain its knowledge. And we're going to hear from our guest because she had a situation with her sister and they were very close and her sister had a stroke and they've been the caretakers of her sister now uh, for about two to three years and how it's moved them and the lessons they've learned and where they are. And I think those lessons, when you think about, you know, how do you measure Time. How do you measure these things, daylight, sunsets? How do you measure that? You measure with love. So how do you measure what she's doing in her sister? You measure it in love. Now, I have a guest pastor who, of course, will be joining us here any moment. He's going to be blessing us here in, at Houston. And, you know, like everything else, as we're battling this terrible disease called COVID, we need those blessings. I just had a story today. I heard from one of my colleagues yesterday, a young man who uh, I've known him for 30 years. He's younger than I am. I'm 58, so that puts him probably somewhere around 52. Guess what? He got COVID. He's in an induced coma. Why? Because they're trying to get the brain. They're trying to figure it all out. And they figured the best way to bring him back is to induce him in a coma. So here he is at the last moments here and we're praying for him. So let's all pray for Brian Tomlinson. But here's the thing. He wasn't vaccinated. Ladies and gentlemen, see your doctor. Don't buy into this internet stuff and politics. Get all that out of the way. It's about your health and go see your doctor because your doctor knows what's right for you. And they'll be able to tell you if you should get vaccinated. But he was not vaccinated, and here he is. And I'm sure a lot of you have read other stories. We've seen these stories about other people who right now, the most, the largest percentage of people getting the virus where it's fatal are people who have not been vaccinated. So there's something about this variant that's either stronger or just goes faster. There's something about it. But if you've been vaccinated, you still might get it, but it won't be fatal. That's the whole key. Well, I love the story about my guest in a moment here because her name is Regina, but all of us in Houston who are close to her, we can call her Gina because she told me that her good friends call her Gina. And that means all of us in Houston because here's a woman who she has been in the school district, Spring ISD, for almost 30 years. Now that alone deserves uh, what's the right word? A gold medal. Since we're since we just passed the Olympics, a gold medal. She was a teacher for five years. So imagine being a teacher for five years, and then she was a principal. She was then in the administrative office in the front office, and then when she ended, she was because uh, she just retired. She was the chief communications officer. So I think that's pretty amazing. What we'll do is when our pastor calls in we'll patch him through but ladies and gentlemen let me just introduce you to your good friend houston gina Boutte. gina are you there yes sir thank you gilbert well How are you? thank you for having us first before we go into anything else 
What's it like being a teacher, administrator, working with young people? That's got to be the greatest calling and profession, right? To work with young people, shaping their minds, shaping their values. That is a glorious thing. What's it like being a teacher and administrator and all that for 30 years? I have to tell you, absolutely, it's probably one of the most important jobs that you can have. Was it, does, I mean, did it seem like 30 years or do you look back and say, God, it seems like yesterday. I just started. I mean, what's it? I mean, and by the way, that's not a trick question because <laughs> I've been married now to my wife. Let's see, since I don't know now, I, I, you know, the, uh, my math, my brain, right? It all comes back to me, or maybe I don't, it doesn't come back to me. But we, we've been married now about 23 years. And I always tell people, God, it seems like yesterday. And when they ask my wife, she says, it feels like 23 years. <laughs> now, I don't know what that means, but Regina, that means something. So, no, does it seem like, I mean, do you remember some of the students? Or do you remember, does anybody stick out in your mind, a student that just touched you somehow, or a parent or family, anything you want to share? Oh, you know, I have to tell you, the most important part of the 30 years I spent in the school district was working with the kids directly. What, what grade were they again? Please tell us. I had the babies, first grade, oh second grade. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Did they call you Miss Boutet? Well, at the time, I wasn't married. Okay. And so uh, they were just, and I didn't have children, yep. so they were, they were my kids. And every day we'd have our special moments, and I have to tell you, teaching them the things that they learned during that point in time in their lives, how to read for the first time, how to do all kinds of things, but more importantly, how to just be a good person. Yeah. You know, how do we, how do we take care of one another? And be a good person, because that's what it really is all about at the end of the day. That's right. You know, learning is one thing, but being able to give back to others is really the bigger picture. Now, chief communications officer, does that mean that when there was a challenge, you know, they don't call Ghostbusters. They call you, right? I mean, it's like when there's a challenge, the school district or the principal doesn't say, you know, let's call Ghostbusters. No, they would call Gina, because you would be the one to fix it communicate it out to the public, make everybody feel better. Is that generally what that job is? Pretty much. Let's, let's talk about what happened, why it happened, what can we do to make it better and to make a difference and to not make maybe a mistake that we may have made at some point in time. But more importantly, you know what? Instead of talking about maybe an issue that happened, we really worked hard at getting the good news out. Let's talk about the good things that happen in school every day and the differences that teachers are making. Because if you think about, like you said earlier, in this time of covid Man, I pray for our teachers every single day that have to go through what they're doing to try to really work with our kids and to make a difference. And can you imagine these teachers? They're, they're, they're almost waking up every day thinking, do I go to school today or do I not go to school today? You know, is it, is it, is it we're going home because there's COVID or is there, you know, now there's a flood. And now I understand, like, my son's at home today. Right. Uh, he's at St. Thomas. He's at home. Why? Because there's a flood. I mean, it's, I mean, imagine that work environment of am I there, am I not there, and having to quickly adjust. That takes a lot, I think, out of a teacher. It does. Teachers nowadays are having to wake up in the morning to see, is my school going to be open today? Am I going to work today? And what what's going to happen each and every day? Because it changes day by day. So we all need to pray for our, our schools, our teachers, our principals, everyone, our, our bus drivers, everyone that works in the schools because they're having a really tough time right now just trying to survive. Amen to that. When you say bus drivers, because as, as a lot of listeners may know, if you don't know, I used to be chairman of Metro. You talk about, you know, almost 4,000 employees that make this city work. 
it's those men and women of Metro, and I salute them all the time because that's a tough job, being yeah. a bus driver, because by definition, you're concerned about safety when everyone else around you driving is concerned about speed. I got to get around that bus. I got to go. I got to go. And it's just there's an automatic things that don't connect, and to keep your head and a cool head is such a beautiful thing. Well, I wanted to touch base with you, and I'm going to turn my voice to now the low voice because – you know, this is an emotional story. And we talked about my partner, Ruby Dang, how life changed in an instant. In a moment at the end, we'll hear this song again about, you know, how do you, you know, how do you measure a life? Um, you got to remember the love. That's another uh, refrain in the song that we'll hear. Your life changed two and a half years ago. Right. Is that right? That's right. Your beautiful, lovely sister, Angela, who was, I understand, just a wonderful, amazing person, would work out, you know, loved her physical health, her physicalness, and then all of a sudden, she was touched by God out of nowhere and had a stroke. That's right. I mean, how did you find out? It was early on a Friday morning. She was actually in the gym with a personal trainer working out and had a stroke and they rushed her to the emergency room and we got a call shortly after that morning that she had had a stroke while working out in the gym perfectly healthy 46 year old woman god how does that happen nobody does it nobody knows right no There's, nobody knows. knows even to this day i mean that's again the mystery of the human body and the brain and everything else. So just, she just had a stroke. So she went to the hospital, I guess, right? And, and does that mean, someone ignorant like me, when you have a stroke, does that mean you're like, I don't know, you're, you're out? Or you're just sort of like a kind of a, was it like a mild heart attack? Or she's out and they just ship her in. She doesn't even know and she's unconscious. When did she regain consciousness? So the crazy thing about strokes is that they exhibit symptoms in different ways. Someone could have a stroke sitting right across the table from you, and you may not know it. Interesting. Interesting, yes. In her case, she passed out. So they knew something. She was non-responsive, so they knew something was wrong. So is, this is, is a stroke defined as what, – what, what defines a stroke? Is it something with the heartbeat? Is it something with the brain activity? Do you know? In her case, she had a brain bleed. A, blain, a, brain, a brain bleed. bleed. Mm -hmm. Does that mean there was some sort of – I don't know the right word, a, a blood uh, vessel yeah. popped or something? Something like that. Yeah. Wow. Something like that. And so she was unresponsive, and they took her where? They took her to the closest emergency room to where this gym was located. Which they, was? They wanted to make sure. She was in New York at the time. I see. Mm -hmm. And so they rushed her. She's there. Did you, like, say, oh, my God, I'm hopping on a plane. I'll be right there. I mean, Great. what? My husband, Eric, and I, and my mom said, we've got to get there right away. Fortunately, we have family in New York, so there was some family that was able to get to her immediately. They stabilized her, and then they had her transported to a godsend hospital in New York City, uh, Columbia Presbyterian oh, that's, Hospital. Oh, that's the best, right? One of the best. Yeah. Yes, my husband got on the phone with one of his family members and said, where should we go? If you're in New York City, where do you go? And they referred her there, and they got her there right away. So thank God we were able to get her. And if you have to have a stroke, that's where you want to be. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing how 
in the midst of pain and in the midst of things, there are little miracles along the way that you just say, thank God, you know, thank God. Like with Ruby's husband, he is a doctor and he went to Ben Taub. Number one, thank God they took him to Ben Taub because that's where they could handle anything and everything. And then the other thing is, since he was a doctor, he went to medical school with a lot of these people years ago and they're now senior doctors there and they knew him and they just came to the mindset, we are not going to lose Dr. Joe Dang. We're not going to lose him. They just said, we are not going to lose him. And how incredible. So she was there. You got there. I guess that plane ride must have been the longest plane ride of your life. I tell you, I thank God for my husband, Eric. And and we are thankful for the family member who knew of Columbia Presbyterian mm-hmm. to get us there. And I have to tell you, once we got there, the every staff member in that hospital was a blessing to us from the person who greeted us at the front door to the care team, her, her medical team that touched her to the receptionist. That hospital actually has a, a few rooms upstairs for guests to stay. Oh, how, um, how amazing. Someone happened to tell us this as we were getting on an elevator. We would have never known. And they happened to have a place for us to stay while we were there, which was another amazing blessing. Because you wanted to like not leave. Oh, absolutely Because not. when, when mm-hmm. she, I don't know the right phrase, when she came to, you wanted to make sure she saw you. That's right. And to let her know, we're here. You're not alone. So she, so she was there. Y'all were there. How long? I mean, when did she come to? I mean. She was in ICU for that weekend. It probably was a good 24 hours or so before she was coherent. Mm-hmm. And then she spent three weeks in the hospital going through the recovery portion of it, starting some rehabilitation. And I tell you, every therapist, every nurse, every doctor, every caretaker in there was amazing. And I think people in hospitals need to know, I don't care if you're the custodian, I don't care if you are someone that's bringing the food to the patient, every person in the hospital made a difference to how we were received, People there really show that they care. That they care. It's like with teachers. When a teacher shows that she cares, it makes all the difference in the life of that student. I don't care who that student is or what issues that student has. Similar to being in a hospital, you have people who are going through all sorts of medical conditions, and it makes a difference to every family member that's there too because we're all going through it. You know, that's a beautiful thing to say. Listeners, if you're out there, if you know someone in the medical profession, give them a big hug. And if it's and if it's one of your family members, give them two hugs, because that's right. I never thought about it because when you're there in the hospital, you know, you have all these emotions we're going through, and every you're on the edge of just you just want to scream, and your first reaction is probably why us, you know, why me, why you you search for why, just it's just natural. So thank goodness for all those caretakers out there. And, you know, the beautiful thing, here we go, full circle, Houston. Your daughter's a nurse, or she's in nurse school? She's in nursing school right now, yeah. I mean, can you imagine that? What We're going to come back to your lovely sister. Your daughter, what's going on now with COVID, being a nurse? I mean, is she just, like, like working 24-7? Is she just, like, tired? Oh, Mom, I'm just so tired. You know, I see these things, Mom. I mean, what's going on with her? Right now, she's going through her clinicals, and so she's getting to experience different phases of hospital care. And, you know, it's a scary time, 
but she has such a passion for wanting to help people that if she just started working in labor and delivery a week ago. And she says, I think I found my niche, what I really want to do. When you're not paying attention to the time is going by and when you're really having fun doing what you're doing, it doesn't even matter whether it's labor and delivery or, or being in surgery or patients who have had strokes or brain injuries. If you really love what you're doing, then... Then you know what? Then you're a blessed person because you found your destiny. That's right. Well, what's That's interesting right. is we've come full circle going from praying for Mr. Brian Tomlinson, who's really on the on the verge of, we don't know, to labor and delivery sort of near the end of life and the beginning of life. And that's the whole full circle of it all. And it's it's just amazing. Well, you let her know that, Houston, we thank her for the profession she's going into. And, again, listeners, if someone out there is a medical professional and you're hearing this, call in. We want to hear your story. Again, 832-570-8075. And you can always write me about anything. If you have a song selection, a tip from Gilbert at gmail.com, you are listening to keep walking with Jesus. I'm going to always say that now because now I got it. KWWJ, Gospel 1360 AM and 96.9 FM. So going back to Angela. So when did she finally leave the city and come back to Houston? About three weeks into her recovery, we realized that she needed to move to Houston with us so that we could help guide her through that recovery process and be her care team. Um, my husband, Eric, said, you know what? Well, there's no questions asked. She's coming home with us. So what a guy. What, we, a, what a guy. Because it really, it, it's a care team of family. I think that's beautiful. I think we may have a caller. Go ahead and send the caller through. Let's go ahead and send the caller through. The first one. Okay, yes, yes, go ahead. Danielle, are you on the phone? Do I have a caller? Speak up there, caller. A uh, situation happened to, happened to your sister, and I don't know what I would do in that situation. I actually have a sister of my own, and once, once again, I wouldn't know what to do in that situation, but it sounds like you handled it really well. But to get to the question, in what in what way did this experience change your perspective on healthcare? You know, when you're going through a situation, in this case with stroke, we had no idea. We we had so much to learn about what strokes are and how they impact a person, uh, and and how do we best take care of her, and what does recovery look like? So there was lots of learning to do. But it also impacts every person in our family, for example, um, in terms of how do we all work together to best take care of her. And it was the medical professionals who taught us how to do that. Um, and we developed very close relationships with them, every doctor, every nurse, every therapist, um, Sometimes it would just be other people who worked in the hospital that would talk to us about various experiences that they, that they had. And so we learned from a lot of people. Um, you know, sometimes it's okay to be vulnerable and say, I, I don't know what to do or I don't understand what's happening. How can you help me? And it's just through having a dialogue with, with people 
uh, that have gone through it, that understand it, that are really there to help. And as a result of it now, uh, my husband, my sister, uh, the other family members of mine, that's kind of what we do is we meet people who have gone through it and we try to share our experience with them to say, hey, here's here's who you can call. Here's who, who can help you because that's who helped us. Danielle, we really thank you for the call. Uh, Danielle, did, did you have an experience of your own that you wanted to share or you were just letting us know that you have a sibling yourself? Oh, I was just saying I sympathize and saying that, I mean, I have a sister of my own, but luckily I haven't had a situation so drastic to that point. But it, it, once again, I say it sounds like you handled it really well, and I think patience is key in definitely in that, a situation such as that. Well, Danielle, thank you we, for answering my question. And we thank you for calling. Uh, I hope you, you know, anytime you got anything, Danielle, you can write us at a tip from Gilbert at gmail.com. Thank you for calling. So let's go of back course. for a second. So, uh, so she came home and she's been with y'all now. How long? This has now been almost two years, two and a half years. Now, when she came home, she actually was discharged from the hospital in New York and then was admitted to Memorial Hermann tier in the woodlands uh as soon as she arrived now memorial tier tier what does tier stand for again do you know but it's, so but because i hear that phrase mm -hmm. all tier t i is that what they do rehabilitation yes okay because i hear that phrase um do we have another caller there i think we have another caller go ahead and send it through pastor are you there I am here, Gilbert. How you doing? Pastor, it is so great to hear your voice. And I don't know if you've been able to hear the show, but I, I'm with a woman who, if there's anyone who ever, you know, had her faith tested and she passed with flying colors and there's just an aura of goodness around her. Uh, and that's my guest, Miss Gina Boutte. So, Pastor, talk to us. How are you? I am... Um I'm okay. I'm so glad to hear you. I am alive by a miracle. On the 1st of August, I had a, a stroke. You had a stroke, God, Pastor? Yeah, but God spared my life. I'm Mauricio knows that I'm alive and kicking. Oh, my goodness. So when you had a stroke, you know, that, that's really the subject today, a stroke, and how the brain, I mean, Pastor... If if you don't believe in God, you got to wonder how could I mean how can you not believe in God when there's all these incredible things like well, like how are babies born? How does the brain work? Me? Go ahead, tell me, tell me, Pastor, what saved you? My dad and my mom trained me from the little and gave me the education to connect with God when I'm in trouble. They're going home, but already the education that place it on my heart and I thank you so much for inviting this beautiful lady who has been tested and has been dedicated to sowing the word through teaching so kids will grow up and will be better citizens so in an anguish in a time of difficult only what we have learned from God through our parents and our teachers is what gonna God use to get us out of the trouble and the pit? Well, Pastor, I, I totally agree. It's, you know, 
when you just look around, you're reminded of the miracles that yes, sir. God brings to us every day. Just the miracles, they're everywhere. And when we heard our guests, the miracle of there was a place to stay at that hospital. Who would have known oh. that? And why would they, I mean, who would have known that? The, the great gentleness of everybody to make their life a little bit better every single day to help them cope with what they were going through. Because no one can describe it. And I'm sure, Pastor, it was a scary time for your family. Oh, my God. <laughs> Tell us in about that it, Pastor. Moment, no, in that moment, I joke. I, it was in Nagadoches preaching and uh, i forgot about money i forgot about job those are seconds mm -hmm. that you see your life going by and the only thing that i was able to do was said and even without oxygen god help me i don't want to die i want to see my children i want to see my grandchildren but i think that you can help and immediately like like a ton of oxygen came through my lung and god rescued me and then in the hospitals i really thank god for all the people that took the time to educate themselves to help us protect us in this difficult time and i really appreciate what you're doing you know, I want to see you, give you a hug, pray for you, pray for the city. And not only that, tell you that we need a change, not from the outside in, but from the inside out. Our attitude, our desire to know that we are not independent in that day. Man, I realized no knowledge, no skills, no money, no no talents saved me. In that moment, I was dying. I was dying. And the only thing that saved me was that prayer that I did. Pastor, Please that help me. And God came came to my rescue so on the on august the first i started living again wow god that is that is amazing gina talk to the pastor pastor jimenez it's so good to hear your voice and to hear oh, how well you're doing after having a stroke oh, that's yes. just an amazing god blessing I'm so glad Thank you're you. on your way to recovering and doing so well and sharing your message, a message that oh, yes. says, you know, it starts from the inside out. And yes. we all depend yes. on one another to take care of each other. That's yes. I think that's yes. what God has intended for us to do. Yes, I was praying yesterday. I'm preaching yesterday and telling a congregation. There's I was telling them we need to have zero tolerance for ingratitude Absolutely. we're so lack of giving thanks to god nobody helped me in that moment and i have an uncle who went through a stroke and he had consequences mauricio knows i do kickbox i go to the gym i don't have no consequences and it was just 
God's presence. I give honor and glory to God. God is a God of miracles, and we need those type of miracles in our city. Gilbert, I'm so glad, and sister, I'm so glad that you guys are conveying the message to people that we need. We need God in our lives. Yes. The Bible says that apart from him, we can do nothing. We can have all the money. We can have all the tools. We can have all the knowledge. But if we don't have him who is the oxygen, that day I realized, my God, how valuable is his oxygen, his, his breathe in my life. Oh my God, and how how fragile we are. We think that we're strong. Oh my God, uh, Maurice knows. I kick that uh, uh, kickbox uh, and I do fight, I don't know that. And I think that I, I thought that I was strong. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor, that moment, you, you, that, I realized, Gilbert, you know, yeah. because you, you, you've been in, yeah. in, 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 in that, you know what is that? Pastor, I could just see you. Pastor, I could see you hitting that that bag, heavy bag, thinking I'm strong and hitting it. I'm strong, but I think the Lord had to remind you who's really strong. Yes, you know what happened that day. Uh, nobody believed me, so I felt like a snake going through my through my chest. I lost my oxygen, so my friend didn't believe me. So I hit the table in the in the in the restaurant i turn around and i told the people with signs help me do a maneuver but i am 62 weigh 270 pounds and nobody wanted to lift me they just <laughs> wanted to pray for me <laughs> and listen to what happened my brother and all the people so two guys dressed up like army they were taller than me and stronger than me. One came, stretched my arms, and he said, breathe, breathe, breathe. And the moment that I started looking at him, I started breathing. And then the other one lift me up doing the maneuver, and I felt like a release, like a cooking pressure. But the pain was unbearable, like when you are testing yourself for the blood pressure it was a hundred times worse than that wow well pastor and i thought i was done <laughs> i mean I you I you know die. pastor you're a walking miracle that's right you're a walking miracle you are a walking miracle and you are so wonderful to share your feelings and to share your story with all God of Houston. Save me. God save my life. Pastor, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a prayer right now because I just feel that moment. I got my hands in the air. I, I, I just want to say, Lord, thank you for keeping Pastor with us. Thank you for blessing this man. Thank you for keeping him with us. Pastor Jimenez has been such an inspiration to so many. And imagine all the other people he's going to be able to touch from here because of your blessing to keep him here with us. So please keep him strong, 
keep him out there as we tell this story and really make people aware of when you see someone that is short of breath or something, just be on the safe side, react, because they might be having a stroke, and those seconds can make all the difference in their lives. So, Lord, we thank you so much for saving our friend, Pastor Jimenez. Pastor, you, you know, you, you know what happened after I started breathing? They disappeared. Nobody knows about them. I think it was God's angels sent into my rescue. They don't know about those guys. They were, my brother said, they were taller than you, like about seven feet strong. Gosh. Well, Pastor, it's a spiritual I, I think activity it, that we don't see, Gilbert. There's an activity that we don't see. There's angels protecting us, making us that we get home safe. And they love to protect our city. They love to protect our teachers, our firefighters. They love to protect everybody who's serving the community. God loves Houston. God so loved the world, including Houston, that he gave his only begotten son. So we could believe that he's our healer. He was, he's our daddy. He's our big brother. He's our big friend. Well, let me and ask I you. I am here to serve you and whatever you need to swing the sword so my city becomes better. Pastor, I just want to tell you, we so appreciate you being here. And we so appreciate you praying for Houston. Thank you, Pastor, for joining us. I may have lost you on the connection, Pastor, but hopefully you can hear me when I say thank you for all that you do and for sharing this story. I think I may have lost um, Pastor Jimenez. But let's go back with our guest, Gina. And, Gina, we have another caller. So I think we have another caller. So, Miss Sarah, I think, go ahead, Sarah, let us... Talk to me. Talk to me. Hi. Hi there. I was listening in, and I just wanted to say it was very inspiring hearing those stories. Um, and I am looking forward to hearing the song Seasons of Love. Well, we thank you for that, Sarah. And God bless you, and, and thank you for telling me that. And hopefully when you hear the song, it'll bring a smile to your face and a little love to your heart. So thank you for being here. Uh, let's you. go back. Thank you, Sarah. So, Gina, let's go back to Angela. So, how is she doing now? I mean, where are we? And bring us up to date. Sure. So, when Angela moved here in April, she had a second stroke oh in May. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. She was going through her recovery and had a second stroke on the opposite side of her brain, which hit her really, really hard. The doctors actually thought it was a mirror image of the first stroke. And to this day, they don't understand what happened. She had spent two months in the hospital she had a craniotomy here in houston here in a houston, craniotomy that's when you cut the the brain the skull open so the brain can swell right. and then come back down is that what that is that, yes that's oh my exactly what that that's is. what happened to joe's that's what happened ruby's to joe. husband right she had a trach she has had a peg tube put into her stomach because that's how she gets fed she was unable to move all parts of her body she was totally immobile Lived in the hospital for two months, and then shortly afterwards, she came home to live with us. And that's where she's been going through recovery 
for the last two years. And it's been a tough road. I'm not going to lie to you. It's been a tough road of recovery for her. She has good days. She has bad days. But she has an amazing team of caretakers, which includes uh, several therapists, doctors, as well as my husband and our family members who are with her every day to continue going through this recovery process. Y'all are a miracle to, to, to bring her in, the love, to take care of her. I can only imagine, but then until you're in that situation, you can't imagine. Nobody no. can imagine. You no. know, the little things that we take for granted every day, like walking outside to pick up the newspaper, like going to the restroom, like going to the refrigerator and getting some grapes, those things that we just do automatically become immense victories for a stroke victim, right? Exactly. Am I right? That's right. And then she had to learn how to do all of those things all over again. She, we, she had to learn how to walk and talk and be able to get, swallow. No kidding. To be able to do basic things that we take for granted. Um, and it's still a process. She's come a long way in her recovery and we're very grateful for that. As Pastor Jimenez mentioned earlier, we ought to remember every single morning when we wake up and before we go to bed at night to just express gratitude and appreciation for the things that we're blessed with each and every day. Some of the simple things in life well, that don't cost you money, that don't require much of anything other than to when we open our eyes every day to thank God for something that he's blessed us with now what are, There's a saying, I don't know if it's a saying, or maybe it's a Chinese fortune cookie or something where it says, the best things in life are free. Right. I don't know where that's from. But you know what? It's so true. The best things in life are free. Just going outside and taking a whiff of that fresh air and looking at the trees, hearing the birds, the best things in life are free. Ladies and gentlemen, I think we're about only two or three minutes. I do want to hear her song. I'm going to just ask Miss Gina here to give us a last word. What's your, what do you want to tell Houston, the last word here? One of the things I think they're going to hear in your song, Seasons of Love, because we go through various seasons, this song talks about the minutes, the seconds, the hours. That's right. Right? Exactly right. And it talks about um, what that consists of, sunsets and... Um, Midnights, cups of coffee, inches, miles, laughter. That's right. Right. If we think about those things that we get to say thank you for, the trees and the butterflies and the things that God has surrounded us with, and just give thanks for that, for the people that cross our lives, that we touch. We all depend on one another. You know, even during this time of COVID, we're reminded every single day to thank those people, our first responders, to thank our neighbors, to thank everyone around us, and to just be there for one another because we're not on this journey alone. And I am grateful for my husband, for my family members, my sisters, my niece, everyone that has come together to help take care of Angela. And thank you, Gilbert, for having me here today to be able to share that story. Amen. And thank you for being you and for all those years helping our kids and for just being an angel in the life of all your family. Houston, this is Seasons of Love. We'll see you next week at A Tip from Gilbert. Now you know why we call it 
tip, talk, inspiration, and prayer. Thank you. So Facebook, we're going to hear a little bit more of this song about another 30 seconds because it's just so amazing. We're now off the air. We're still on the podcast. We're still on Facebook. I'm still with my wonderful guest. And you can't see her husband, but he's been a rock of support for her and her family and saying, bring your sister here. No ands, if buts, no discussion. She needs to be with us. He's like three feet over there. You can't see him, but he's a gentle giant of a man. Gee, don't you just love this song? I mean, it just it just gives you like a little chill there, right? Just a chill. And when you think about the words that they're talking about in this song, it's so important. It makes you think about those things, like you said, that cost you nothing, that God has blessed us with every day. Think about the gentleman who wrote that song and play. His name is Jonathan Larson. Now, this song... Was, it's very interesting. This song was meant to be played near the funeral of one of the cast members, which is almost near the end of the play, at his funeral, a gentleman who died of AIDS. Um, and because he died before the grand opening, the grand opening, the cast opened the play with this song as a tribute to him. And now the play has this song as the opening. It's just amazing how these things come together. Seasons of love. Seasons of love. So Facebook, as we start to say goodbye, let me just tell you, hopefully we touched your heart somewhere. Hopefully the words of my guest here touched a moment in, in your heart, in your mind, in your memory. Hopefully we reached one of you that may be a teacher, an educator. Hopefully we touched someone that might be a healthcare worker, somebody that's affiliated with a hospital that has a family member. And again, there's so much good in the world. Let's focus on the good. And let's just tell each other now and then, I love you. Or it's great to, to see you, to hug you. You know, let's just remember the little things that I think the Lord would want us to remember. And that is, you know, we're here for such a short period of time. Let's make the most of it. And Gina, I know you have made the most of it. What do you want to tell our Facebook audience here before we sign off? You know, life has its challenges. And you never know from one day to the other what challenge you may be facing. Sometimes, though, challenges, they appear to be challenges. But sometimes God has a, a bigger message for us another lesson he wants us to learn through what appears to be a valley we may be going through or a challenge. But at the end of the day, it is all about love. And it's all about what what was there for me to learn in this message? Or more importantly, how am I to help someone else mm -hmm. through something I've gone through that was tough? Because 
you know, it, life, life can be tough, and you are only here for a short while. So how do we make the best of it? I think that's probably one of the most noble callings of all, to learn something through a difficult time and to help others through it in the future. Facebook, everybody else who's listening, let me just say thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed the show. 832-570-8075. Call us during the show. We want callers. We want to hear your stories. A tip from Gilbert at gmail.com. Mr. Eric, I know you can't see him Facebook, but he's here. Thank you for bringing your lovely wife here, sharing her with us. And Gina, thank you for sharing the story of your wonderful sister, uh, who sounds amazing with us. Gilbert, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. I am grateful to have had this opportunity to meet you, to talk for a few minutes. But you're doing great things here in Houston that, you know, people may not say thank you for what you do. And you certainly aren't one that's going around looking for it. But we often need to just stop and let others know why we're grateful. So thank you for how you're touching and inspiring each and every one of us every day. Well, amen. That was nice of you. You're very welcome. Thank you, Houston. We'll see you next week. This is Gilbert Andrew Garcia. Join me on my new radio show, A Tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer every Monday from 11 to 11.45 at 96.9 FM, 1360 AM, KWWJ. Or you can call in at 832-570-8075. Write me at a tip from Gilbert at gmail.com. See you then.